You are listening to 11 O'Clock Comics, episode 22. Woohoo! Hello once again and welcome to 11 O'Clock Comics. I am Vince B. I'm Christopher Neesman. I'm David Price. And I'm Gordon Gecko. <laughs> A.K.A. Jason Bernacki. No, he's Mr. <laughs> Jason Wood. He's yeah, Jason. three in a row. Triple head. Jason impoverished. <laughs> <laughs> what, what a frickin' day today. I feel for you, buddy. I really do. I'm sure you do. No, I honestly do. Uh, it, it is some scary, no, yeah, scary shit out there. Yeah, yeah. But uh, in case you don't know, today is Wednesday the what? What's today's date? I don't even know. 17th. Yeah. 17th, 17th, yeah. Because I don't care about such things. But the markets are taking a beating today. Banks are going down all over. But you know what? We're here to make you forget about that for an hour and probably 37 minutes. So here we are. Let's talk some freaking comics. Yes. Precogabilities yes. yes. there. Yes. It, watch, I'll edit it right down to 137. <laughs> How did he know? How did he know that? Uh, we're here to talk comics and talk a lot of comics, I hope, to get our minds off the bullshit. Did you know the FDIC is insolvent? Did you know that? Let, let's go Stop somewhere. It. <laughs> when's, the, when's, when's the chipper start? Chipper talk start. I, we're, we're, we're actually I've been tweeting with David this week. You were tweeting? David yes. and I were, were tweeting this week, yes. Oh, ah, how nice. Your Twitterers? Uh, I'm a recent recent convert to Twitter. Nice, nice. It's, uh, um, we recently found out that uh, The Ultimate Warrior is following the Windy City Comic Con Twitter. <laughs> I'm so sorry to hear that. <laughs> oh, oh, well... I don't know how that's going to fly for him because um, we all know how he feels about uh, the gay community. <laughs> well, he's a phobe? Oh, my God. He, he quote, unquote, queering don't make the world work. Wow. <laughs> well, that's what the man said. Biologically, no, it doesn't, but that's besides the point. 
That's not not that it is a gay convention, but the con- <laughs> the convention is at uh, is it basically in Boys Town in Chicago, and uh-huh. is at the uh, center on Halstead, which uh, which is uh, a uh, gay, lesbian, bi, and transgender community center. But it's a beautiful oh. building. <laughs> transgender? No kidding! You didn't no tell kidding. me that. Uh-huh. Vince is flying out now. Like, yeah. Maybe he'll make the trip. Oh. Um, and real quick, I don't want to talk about it that much, but we do. Um, go to WindyCityComicCon.com. We have new guest announcements. Uh, uh, we released all of our gaming and tournament information. We've got a bunch of social networking links on MySpace and Facebook and Yelp and Twitter and all that good stuff. And, um, oh, last thing is at the Around Comics Forum, uh, we started a thread. It's a sticky that um, uh, for different artists that are going to be guests there that are taking sketch pre-orders. So uh, cool. just go to the Around Comics forum, and if you're looking for uh, uh, something from Jeff Lemire or Chris Moreno or Steve Bryant, Dave Wachter, Pat Loika, a ton of those guys are all taking sketch pre-orders. So you can go check that out there. We- I wish I could be there, buddy. It's going to be Me a great too. show. Yeah, it's it is. Ne- next year. We'll give you some notice, and uh, and I think this is this is going to be a a great day. But will only uh, be the beginning of of what we hope is going to be a, a a fantastic annual event in Chicago. So, and uh, yeah, the it seems like seems like people in the area are starting to get really excited about it. So, it's uh, it's going to be cool. Excellent. Sweet. So what's everybody, what's, what's everybody drinking tonight? All right, Wanna let's the, the, do the, it. the drink roll call out of the way. Mr. Wood, I, I know you're drinking. <laughs> He's drinking tears. Uh, I am drinking uh, warm, bitter, yet high alcohol content Jameson Irish whiskey. Very appropriate. There you go. Mm-hmm. Uh, bitter tears or bitter Irish whiskey, <laughs> whatever works. Mr. Uh, uh, Mr. B. What am I drinking? I am drinking, yet again, sorry, a Yingling traditional lager in a traditional aluminum can manufactured by the Rothschilds, as, as we all will be in a couple of weeks. Jesus. <laughs> Mr. Price. Uh, Jim Beam and Coca-Cola. Ooh, nice. there you go. That's and one of my... There, um, instead of Coke, David, try it with RC. The <laughs> Mega Marts near me do not have RC. I got to hit a beverage mark. Oh, we'll hit the so I'm, yep. I'm planning on it. it, man. Jim Beam, actually any whiskey, I I really like. I, I really like it with RC instead of Coke, and, and never Pepsi. Ugh, ugh, way too sweet. Um, for my drink, I am drinking a butt naked. <laughs> wow! Drink? Is that what you're drinking or how you're drinking? Uh, but don't you want to know? Yeah, you know it. <laughs> or maybe you don't. Tell me more about Boys Town. <laughs> a butt naked is uh, one ounce of amaretto, one ounce of Southern Comfort, uh, filled with uh, cranberry juice that's all over ice in an old-fashioned glass, and uh, it's got a uh, maraschino cherry and a wedge of lime for the for the garnish. And you can uh, hear all or read all about uh, the butt naked and what uh, comic book recommendation I tie that to at, uh, at ifanboy.com in my comic shots column. Can I guess? Yes. Howard Chaykin's Black Kiss. No. Oh. It, is a, it is a recent comic that... Uh, Shannon the She-Devil. No. 
Nope, just just finished up a five issue storyline, and that's all I'll say. Hmm, cool. But, uh, one of my favorite stories that's come out this year. Oh. So there you go. Mm, Batman nice. Confidential. <laughs> go, go to, go to <laughs> ifanboy.com and uh, read all about it. That's a good right. a good guess, Mr. Wood. Dunkishin. Very nice guess. So Dunkin. let's slide on into it before we all start crying. What have you guys <laughs> been reading? Reading. Uh, reading. Yeah. Well, let's get this out of the way because I didn't get a chance to read too many comics this week, as you might imagine. <laughs> uh, as I cry myself to sleep. Uh, but I did Uh-oh. be happy with Yeah, what was that about? Wait, Mr. Wood, <laughs> you, you are breaking cool. up faster than a, a multinational corporation. Or a gato. Let's try that again. Me? Yes, but you oh, were... You're falling apart like Lehman Brothers. You were doing all, all Mr. Roboto there. Huh. Okay, but should I try it again? You're very clear now, yes. Perfect. So I was very pleased with the first sand. Oh, Jesus Christ. It's, don't say the name of whatever book you're trying to say. Let us, let us guess. It's, it's my modem, dude. It's, it's, I'm not connected yet because I moved you know, to my new house and I only have this oh, fucking Verizon 33 card. 33.6? Oh. <laughs> it's one of those you know, wireless cards. It's not. So it's probably All a right. lag. You want to try calling? I'll try not to talk. I'll try not Spit. to talk. No, that's not nope. good. Spit you must out. talk. Spit it out. Go. The, the Woodites will be literally, literally slashing their throats in agony. The Stand. Awesome. Uh, yes. One of the two books I read this week. Me too. <laughs> Wasn't Love it awesome? It. Mm-hmm. Mike Perkins' art. Perkins is the shizzle. He is. Did Class you read events? If I could jump forward to the end of the month when my DCBS box will come, yeah, but no, I, I didn't read it yet. <laughs> I, I, it's you know one of the drawbacks, but uh, I, I did see it today at the shop and it looks really really good it does look good. A, a lot better than i could ever have hoped for honestly agreed yeah. the characters look great uh it was very true to the original source material it was great really great start now how many issues is this thing going to run because as, as anybody 30. 30 issues and they're bigger than uh 22 pages uh i would assume yeah it's this is um this is of five, but there's going to be six five-issue limited series that go through the course of the book. Oh, cool. The first one is Captain Trips, so mm-hmm. it's it's basically dealing with uh, uh, the plague. And I guess each each miniseries will be, you know, like a, uh, a major a major break point in the, in the book. So. So, you, mm-hmm. so you figure a five-issue series for the stand, maybe we'll get it up to the end of chapter one. <laughs> that's, a, it's a friggin' huge book. Yeah, it's a tome. It's yeah. a, I, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't know how they'll how they'll go about that. I know that uh, I know that Perkins is really excited about it. I had um, um, talked with him real briefly at uh, Wizard World Chicago this year, and and I told him how much I enjoy his I, how much I had enjoyed his work on Captain America, and and he was like, oh, thanks a lot, but uh, you know that was always he always felt like that was Steve Epstein's book, and he's really excited because he feels like this is artistically his project. He's going to be the only artist on it, and and he's excited about doing you know a thirty issue run on on something that's going to be a pretty high profile project. So it's uh, and the first issue it looked looked awesome. Yeah, yeah, sweet. And uh, another thing, 
when you have a large cast of characters like that, you have to be a crack uh, illustrator because you have to keep the facial features, mm-hmm. you know, comparatively the same across pages and panels, and that's not too easy to do, especially with a large cast like the stand. So more power to him. Oh, he's he's awesome. He's yeah. It's I'm not worried about that with um, with Mike stuff. And and what did you feel like the um, the the scripting on it? Because I mean, obviously it's it's you know the plotting is going to have to be a little bit different than the, than the book and and you know the pacing that kind of stuff. But I really felt like it had a, a nice easy flow to the script and the dialogue was very sharp. It was it was a pretty immersive book. I I mm-hmm. I was I was um, the entire time felt like i was very much in the story so they uh let me see here uh, i don't have it sitting out um do you do you recall who is doing the uh the scripting on it uh isn't it roberto, roberto. yeah 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 yep. yeah i agree with you chris it was um you know the one thing is i don't know how many people are going to read this that aren't huge fans of the book already so someone who i've read the book five six times so i guess it's tough for me to know if you aren't familiar with the story how well it jived but i think reading it having already known what to expect i think they did a great job of staying true to the source material and introducing us to each of the main characters and hitting on you know the major cinematic moments of those first few chapters you know i think a lot of people that uh, that may not have read the book actually watched the the miniseries and that was I watched the miniseries before I ever before I ever read the book, and I I love the miniseries. Yeah, surprisingly good for a Stephen King yeah, adaptation. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, Sal and I were talking about that today about how many Stephen King works have actually been adapted well and and not. And there's, I mean, it actually kind of surprised me how many of them have have turned out pretty well. Whenever you start thinking about it. Maximum Overdrive. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> no. Um, Stand By Me. Stand By Me, Misery. Yeah. Oh, Misery was great, yeah. yeah. Misery's probably the best. Um, yeah. Green Mile. Green Mile was good, yeah. And um, it, I thought it was pretty decent, cons- yeah. all things considered. Mm. Well, it was what a was TV mini. The... Jimmy Smith and the, uh, Tom, the Tommy oh, Sleepwalkers. Oh, Tommy Knockers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. About like need, needful Knockers, things. Yeah. Didn't oh, see with that. Um, needful things oh, with Max von Sydow. Um, oh, apt pupil. Yes. Yep. Oh, there you mm-hmm. go. Needful things. Wasn't Ed Harris in that? He may have been. Wait, apt pupil. Wasn't that? Uh, I thought that was um, That's part of different seasons, but they made that into its own movie. Right. Okay. Apt pupil was, the, uh, was Magneto. Yeah, it was uh yeah, sorry, Ian McKellen. Um yeah. Running Man was not was nothing <laughs> like the short story. Um, oh, stand by me. How about stand by me? Let yeah, me talk to Chris, your mother. Chris mentioned it. <laughs> <laughs> but uh you know, I always I always like Carrie uh and uh and I had mentioned uh, to Sal Christine and he's like, Yeah, but doesn't hold up very well, so I haven't I haven't seen Christine in years. So I mean, the Silver Bullet or Cycle of the Werewolf had its moments, but uh, I think the book, especially with the Bernie Wrightson spot illustrations, was a hell of a lot better than the Corey Haim movie. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Are you guys? Uh, have you all kept up with um, uh, the uh, the Gunslinger series that hell yeah. got out? Mm-hmm. It's no. Uh, I haven't. I haven't read. 
I, I, I'm going to pick those up in hardcovers. I just I like the presentation there, so I haven't read anything past what actually happened in in the book. So the new stories, but have they Vince? Have they been good? I haven't read the second miniseries. Keeping up, okay. I thought you meant buying. I am yeah. buying them, but I haven't read past the initial Gunslinger miniseries. Because they just started the third miniseries, right? Right, right. Okay, yeah. okay. They, they all look fantastic as far as how they read uh, everything after the first one. I, I wouldn't be able to tell you. That's another thing. Like you said, you, you prefer those in hardcover. I prefer to read those in one shot. Okay. But yeah, just because of the way it's moments. It's, it's an isolated time frame in the Gunslinger's life as every miniseries would be. So I like to take them in chunks because you get the whole... And, and the Gunslinger's a novel, so I don't know. Maybe that's what I'm basing it on, that I, you get the whole story in one little chunk. So, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what I'm trying I, to say, but I, I read them <laughs> in one big lump. Can I segue that into something that uh, uh, we talked about before we started recording that I wanted uh, to chit-chat about a little bit? Segue. Uh, the local hardcover came out today, and it is gorgeous. I mean, it is one of the nicest hardcovers I've seen come out in a in a really long time. And that was uh, um, for folks that don't know, that was a really interesting twelve issue series from uh, Brian Wood and uh, Ryan Kelly, right? Mm-hmm. But, um, and, and I love the twelve issue series, and this hardcover looks really nice i want to get it but i'm just like i'm actually a little upset by how nice it is because it's cheaper than what the single issues cost oh yeah i hate that when that happens mm. especially for a hardcover and it's a and not just a hardcover it is it, it is a it's a gorgeous oversized presentation on it but then i started thinking about it and as much as I, you know, and I'm going to get the hardcover because it's that nice and it's only 30 bucks and that's retail. So, I mean, you can probably pick it up at in stock or Amazon for uh, probably about, what, 20 or something like that. Yeah, right. Um, but that series, because it was 12 issues that took place, I believe, over 12 years. And that series works so well in single issues and having that time in between issues to kind of give it a break, I think really reinforced the passage of time with that. So it's something while I really want to get the hardcover and I, and I will, I still think it's one of those uh, kind of like uh, Daredevil's Born Again that needs that time in between chapters to reinforce that passage of time. So I think it works better in single issues. So, but uh, that was one of those series early on where mm-hmm. I said to myself, "This is really special. I'm not going to buy the singles anymore on this. I'm going to wait till the collected edition." So I have maybe one to three on that, which are all fantastic. But I kind of put it on the back burner, and now I, I have an excuse to go out and get the thing I waited for. It's beautiful. Yeah, you probably you probably made the right decision. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell was that? <laughs> <laughs> is that what are you there buddy that's probably david that, that wasn't me man oh man i blame the jew oh, <laughs> it's because it's easy yeah, yeah okay there you go i'm gonna talk about a little bit of something i read this week that i did not enjoy as mm-hmm. in terms of story but mm-hmm. in terms of the art i i just love it and it's marvel's new exiles 
Ah. Yeah, I read the whole series to date. I love the characters. I, I, well, that was one of the books that I struggled to drop in my great Marvel purge of 2007. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I pretty much cleaned house, dropped everything across the board. Unfortunately, Exiles was one of them. So I jumped at the chance to pick up the, the slack and, and buy the new series. And I have to say, Tom Grummet is one of my all-time favorite artists. Mm-hmm. I, I think the guy can do no wrong, and I was talking to the owner of the local shop today, and we were both gushing over Grummet, and he said, you know what, I wish that Marvel picked up Grummet and put him on Ultimate Spider-Man instead of Stuart Immonen, and I'm thinking, oh. what a fit that would be, Tom Grummet on Ultimate Spider-Man, he's perfect. Yeah. He's he's got that bagley feel where and he's um, he's supposedly fast because he's he's uh, yeah. cranking this. I don't think the guy's ever blown a deadline for as many years as I've been reading his stuff. But See, that that again, would be I'm awesome not, because he'd have worked on the flagship characters for both companies. Yep. Yeah. Oh, I'd love that. Wouldn't I mean? And you think about it, Tom Grummet is a perfect fit for Ultimate Spider-Man. He was great on Superboy. Yeah. He, he can he can draw a teenager, and he was great on Titans. He yeah yeah that would be that's yeah okay tell your boy that uh, that's a good one. Yo yo, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, obviously, in case you didn't know, the series is written by Chris Claremont, who has had a wonderfully productive career, and it has done a lot of great work, a lot of milestones in those years. But unfortunately, New Exiles is not one of them. <laughs> If you know the characters, it's Marvel's What If under another name. Every every uh, arc, they'll be in a different part of the multiverse where, say, Sue Storm is the leader of Hydra. And they just like to tweak the, the Marvel status quo in new and interesting ways. I'm there for that. But I don't understand how Chris Claremont thought that a man in love with a dragon in a fantasy realm makes for good reading. Hmm. <laughs> There's a three-issue arc, I think, where they stumble upon this weird amalgamation of a medieval-type society, but they have technology, and the prince is in love with a dragon. That's the whole story. And it's just I'm reading it thinking, I, I have absolutely nothing invested in this story. I don't care at all. And it wasn't drawn by Grummet either. It was um, Roberto Castro. And it's it's really nice. He draws a sexy kitty. There's there's a kitty pride in this, but uh, her name is Cat Pride, and we don't know what Earth she's from. You know, Claremont always has to get the kitty in there somehow. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, it, 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 no, it's a beautiful book to look at, and I like the characters. Sage is a really compelling character, and they draw her very sexy, which is awesome. Morph is cool, who is now Proteus, but or he doesn't know he's Proteus yet, but he will. Uh, it's fun. It's it's. Uh, I, I like the fact that I never know what's going to come next, but I'm going to keep reading it just because Grummet's on it. Because I will buy anything with that name on it. But I don't know. I just I, I can't fathom how Chris Claremont thinks a lot of these storylines are, are interesting because they're just not. It's it's a downer, and and I and I don't want to poop on a Marvel book so soon after praising one last week. But yeah, think twice. Uh, great Michael Golden covers, and there's an even an Alan Davis cover, and and Mister Farmer did did a cover mm-hmm. um, one or two issues back. So yep. presentation wise, it's beautiful. It's just lacking in storytelling. Damn, I, uh, I don't want to re- 
report that. Oh, let's, so let's. All right, Exiles not so hot. Cable loved it. So you are you caught up or did you not yeah. get the fifth issue? No, I'm caught. I re- well, let's just say I read the fifth issue. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and, and I will buy it when I find it. I, so I read it, and the Jones I got from seeing Sam Guthrie. Mm-hmm. It was so cool. Sam's yeah. all all hippied out and buff, and he's <laughs> saving Cable's ass. That was mm-hmm. awesome. But I, and I said this thing this to Pat Lake on the forums. I I didn't like Bishop going into it. At I didn't like Bishop at all. I like him even less now. Yeah, he's he's a he's a prick. And and uh, to Pat's credit, he says uh, Bishop really hasn't been all that great since he lost the mullet. Uh, it's Same here. it's uh, um, I I think I, I think that's one reason why Olivetti was tapped to draw this so he could draw that one super giant arm on Bishop. <laughs> that's so out of proportion from everything else on his body. But remember, uh, he did steal it from Ford, so it's yes, not exactly did. like he was fitted for it. Yes. He probably took yes. any because remember that one scene where they they show the arms and it's like you know tracking arm yes. or maintenance arm and then it says nuclear powered battle arm or something so obviously you take that one maybe now, it wasn't his size. You need to read the Forge story in the Divided We Stand anthology in the second book because right. there's about five or eight pages where. Um, Sorry, uh, we had to get Mr. Wood back here, and I'll add him to the conference as soon as I can. Sorry, David, continue. That's okay. There's about five or eight pages where um, where it's it's a Forge story, and it's uh, it picks up right after where uh, where Bishop ransacked Forge's shop and and made off with the arm. Oh, that's cool. And it's it's written by Dwayne Straczynski, and it is art by Chris Burnham. Nice. Yeah, nice. it looks good. I know we talked about it a little last week. The baby didn't bother me at all. What? It, she did. She, it. I, it didn't bother me because the story was so compelling to me. Yeah, she was. She's just the background at that point. I mean, yeah. If you're if you're getting caught up in what's going on between Bishop and Cable, then yeah, you know. But like Wood says, you know, in one in one scene, he's got her. He, he's got the baby strapped in front of him, and yeah. she's like, you know, her legs are almost touching the ground. And then in the other, he's got her in the palm of his hand. Well, he, she does change size a little bit, but is that integral to the story? I don't think so. I fixated more It'd be on nice the- to have some consistency. No, there's there's, there's yeah. things that aren't. Listen, it doesn't have to be integral to the story. It doesn't have to hinge anything on it. But oh. it'd be nice if 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 it's visually consistent. That's my thing. But baby, if, if my eyes are going across the page, I'd like to be able to say, "It's like, it's who saw." Um, all right, just I'm going to get you, sucker. Where, where, I said, where yeah, where the you know, so the stunt man comes in, and instead of being at the black woman, it's like some Puerto Rican dude with a mustache, and he cleans house, and then it's the mother again. Did you say I'm going to get you, sucker? Come no, on, said, sucker, I sucker, come on. Yes, my home brothers. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I mean, but when when your eye scans that page. And you fall on that little image, it doesn't say baby to you? It doesn't matter if it's, obviously, if it looked like Dumbo strapped to his chest, then yeah, you'd say, holy shit, that baby needs to cut back on the formula. But it's, it's ba- it says baby to me. Look, it's a baby. It's the worst textbook out there right now. No, it is uh, no, not. Maybe, maybe the worst looking, but let's not get carried it, away. Olivetti? Worst- fucking bar would. <sighs> Oh, yeah, Jesus Christ. So. Who poked him with the stick? <laughs> I don't know, but I'm just saying. Uh, I, I, I Deadpool, though? Trade. Get in trade. Well, I can't. I, I think your modem's acting up again. <laughs> he heard you. 
Um, no, it's it's compelling. It's got. I I love cable, so there I'm fifty percent in the door. As soon as you see a cable, Olivetti, brilliant. He does brilliant work. It's lush. The colors are gorgeous. It's and he has oh, nothing to do with the colors, does he? Yeah, he colors it. It, oh, says, yeah. it, it says art by Ariel Olivetti. So yeah. you you have a little bit of X history in there with Sam Guthrie coming in. You have future and X how, histories. It's fun. And, and, and that's the thing. How cool is it that Homeboy can't jump back? Yeah, that would help, wouldn't it? It, it would help. But yeah, right. it's it's a neat twist. I I do enjoy the book. Yeah, I I will never forgive Bishop for what he did. As if anyone cares about, you know, how I feel about freaking Bishop. For, for what he did in that one issue, and in case you didn't read it, I won't say, I, I'll never forgive the guy. He is on my shit list forever now. Hi, guys. This is Joe Quesada. Uh I just wanted to call in to tell you guys that I love the show. Uh, was a cool guy. Dave was one of my favorites because his Marvel podcast is better than ours. And uh, I know Chris hates freedom. And I love his fanboy. I his high fanboy column. I love you guys. I'm really calling because of Vince. You see, I listened to uh, Bolton Bolton's episode 21 last week, and I gotta say, welcome back to the fold, Vince. I'll talk to you later. But the thing I'm most jazzed about this week, if you're a fan of the Star Wars, as I'm sure we all are, yeah, we all Star Wars fans. <laughs> well, episodes four, five, and six, yeah. Oh, okay. You know, as long as you're in the galaxy. Mm -hmm. uh, this, yesterday, the Force Unleashed game came out. So, in honor of that, I got a little bit caught up on my Star Wars reading, and I read Dark Horse's tie-in graphic novel of the Force Unleashed. Does the graphic novel tie into any of the Star Wars continuity or history from their other books, or is this just a standalone related to the game? No, it ties in big time to the Star wow. Wars. Yeah. Yeah, it's a very important game, and it's a very important graphic novel because, unknown to everyone, between Episode 3 and Episode 4, Vader took an apprentice. Ah. Yes, and his name is Starkiller. And I didn't know this, but Marty told me Starkiller was the original name, the original surname yeah, for, for Luke. Luke. I did not know that. Yeah, I think I heard that years ago, yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, so uh, let me get the credits here just so we know who to blame. Uh, the script was done by Hayden Blackman with art by Brian Ching Bongdazo. How cool of a name is that? What's your name? Bongdazo. Uh, and Wayne, Wayne Nichols with colors by Michael Atia. Hope I got that right. Letters by Michael Heisler. The there's a lot of really cool concepts in here. Vader is tracking down at the behest of the Emperor, tracking down Jedi. And he goes to uh, Kashyyyk. And do we know what beings live on Kashyyyk? Uh, the Wookiees, right? There you go, the Wookiees. So he goes to the Wookiee planet to capture, to kill this Jedi, and in the process, uncovers this Jedi's son, who also is developing Jedi powers. He actually pulls the lightsaber out of Vader's hand using the Force as a kid. So the kid's got some serious mojo working. And Vader takes him and trains him under the guise of using him someday to overthrow the empire, or so he uh, the emperor, or so he says. So he cooks up a bunch of plans to rid the galaxy of the infernal Jedi using this kid, and he gives the kid a droid. But instead of the traditional sidekick Star Wars droid, 
you know, the protocol droid like C-3PO or just companions. This kid's droid is programmed to kill him at every opportunity. Yeah, so he can so he can bulk up on his training and get better. And so it's uh, like Kato droid, right? It's like the like Clouseau, right? It, uh, mm-hmm. And the, the he'll be fixing you know his ship or, or doing some kind K- of maintenance. Kato D two, and the the droid will come out of nowhere and try and take him out. I think the droid's name is Proxy, which is is kind of a cool name. So. Vader sends the kid on a bunch of missions, obviously, to Kashyyyk, uh, to Felucia, which is the, uh, the planet with Shakti, the Jedi Master. You, you know, she's got the black and white tendrils from her head, real hot. Um, and this, the, the book is just... <laughs> no, she is. She's very hot for a Jedi. And <laughs> Jedi. Not only... It scares, it scares me when Vince says tentacles and hot. Well, tendrils. You know, oh. <laughs> we're not going to get into into any uh, anime here. But Yowie. not only is this book important because it reveals a uh, uh, heretofore lost chapter in the annals of Star Wars history, you get to see the beginnings of the rebellion in this book. That's and, cool. And who starts the rebellion and for what reason. And you even get a little glimpse as to why they chose that uh, Thunderbird, or not Thunderbird, the, the Phoenix symbol of the rebellion. There's there's a, a significant incident in this book that leads them to choose that that symbol. So if you're a Star Wars fan, this book is the bomb. It's as, you have a, a, a Mon Mothma appearance. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and you get excited. And a Senator Organa, aka Jimmy Smith, makes an yep. appearance in this too. And Leia is in Ad, it. Ad, of course. Admiral Akbar. No, it's a trap. No, it's that, a trap. <laughs> But what what was I going to say till you guys derailed me? Oh, as with everything Dark Horse Star Wars, it looks beautiful. But if you're not a fan of colored pencils, I don't know how you're going to res- warm up to this book. Like Brian Ching, who worked on Shadows of uh, Knights of the Old Republic, they color his pencils. He's got a very lush style that he, he, he renders the lines dark enough where, God, Dave, is, Dave Wachter is going to kill me. You don't need an anchor for his work because he, he does a... a Dave nice is going to kill you. Dallin's going to kill you. I, I judge every work by the way it looks on the page, and this work looks fine without the ink. Okay. The, the pencils are dark enough to hold the images together, and he also goes in and does some very nice gradations. So when you slap a color over it, it, it looks natural. It looks like the gradations okay. are, are, are from the color. Not every, not every piece of, of art has to be has to be inked. I, I tell you what, I would rather see I'd rather see um, pencils gone over with color than someone just taking a, a penciled page and scanning it into Photoshop and messing with the with the contrast and trying to make it look inked when it's not. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, sure. Whatever works, and this this art works. Because there's three different artists working on this, there's a noticeable difference between segments in the book. It's very obvious that, oops, you know, somebody else is drawing this page as opposed to the last page. But it doesn't hinder your enjoyment of it because they were smart enough to put a different artist on different segments of the graphic novel. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it works. And even cooler, get this, there's a Jedi Master who 
his uh, Jedi Master Coda, who did not warm up to the clones. So when they dropped Order 66 on their asses and killed all the Jedis, he didn't have any, any clones in his, in his company, so he survived. So Vader sends the uh, Starkiller out to, to kill him, ends up not killing him, and that guy's integral to the re- rebellion. It's a really cool graphic novel. I liked it a lot. That's and cool. oddly enough, there are hints within the narrative to help you out in the game. Oh, 